Hey guys, and welcome to the episode, I don't remember which episode it is, 8, 9, 8, of the Anime hey. House, uh, Anime Coffee House podcast. We're going to do our second of like our little series on characters and best antagonists, protagonists, supporting cast, that sort of thing. We did protagonists last week, so you know what that means for this week. Antagonist. If you guessed right, give yourself a pat on the back. Pat on the back. I know I mentioned it before, <laughs> but you know. So we're gonna get, dive into that today. Is there anybody you wanted to start off with, Nicole? Uh, I guess we could start off with Shogo Makishima. You know, because we both really are big fans of Psycho Pass, and last week we were talking about Kogami. So this week we're gonna talk about. Makishima. You gotta and, I mentioned him last week. You gotta mention the counterpart to what made season one so great, and that is Makishima. And how, you know, everything we said about Kogumi can almost be, like, patched on to him. They're very, like, very alike in more ways than they wish to. Well, then Kogumi would wish to realize where Makishima sees it from the get go, and he's like, hey, like, you understand what I why I'm doing this, so why are you getting in my way? Exactly, and that just pisses Kogami off even more. I really need to rewatch this show. I was watching um a recap video <laughs> to prepare for this, and there is so many things that I forgot that happened. But um, yeah, uh, Makishima and Kogami, you know, they both hate the Sybil system. They see it for what it is that it's not a good way of, like, just, it's very utilitarian, and it just judges people by, by what they can produce, and not so much, like, their intentions, and as we stated in the last video, Shogami, Kogami, Shogami, (laughs) Kogami and Makishima, they both hate the symbol system and disagree with it, but they have two very different ideas of, you know, what it takes to overthrow it, so Makishima sort of goes on this killing, killing spree, um, to prove a point, and I think you mentioned this too, one of the better, like, one of our favorite scenes in Psychopaths is when he has Akane's friend has the knife up to her throat, and he gives Akane a shotgun, and because the Dominator won't work on him, and he's, you know, like, I'm gonna kill your friend unless, unless you shoot me. Um, he does kill the friend. Akane doesn't shoot him because she believes so deeply in the Sybil system that she can't take matters into their own hands. And I think that's one of Makishima's main things is he wants people to have the freedom to decide. It seems weird because he is a serial killer, but he, he one of his goals is he wants people to decide for themselves and decide for... He wants to their... liberate Japanese society from the civil system. He doesn't just kill. He does other things where he steals, he manipulates people, he... He goes out of his way to show how he could do every possible thing that would normally make your psychopath skyrocket, but just because he believes that he's in the right and he can mentally keep himself and like, oh, hey, this, this is the right thing to do, his psychopath never jumps. So it doesn't matter what he's doing. He has such a calm mind and demeanor and he has such control over his personality that it's... It's very in, like similar to somebody who has um, schizophrenia, where some schizophrenics, you know, they go crazy and they have their whole, um, you know, they can't tell what is like reality. Yeah, but then you have people like you know Ted Bundy and them who are just 
they're psychopaths, but they know like they know their issues and they're able to play a mm-hmm. character and do everything they know is they know what the the right thing to do is, but they just choose not to do it. Compared yeah, to they... most schizophrenics don't know what is from right from wrong and they hear voice and they have that stuff where he's very in that Ted Bundy role. He knows what he's doing is wrong, but he just doesn't care. And it's able to keep the psychopath down and lower, sometimes even in single digits where it's just like he can't be touched by the civil system so he can do whatever he wants, basically be a god in their system and he thinks that's wrong so he does whatever he can to show the world how broken this system is. Um, and it's something that happens to him, like, they showed very early on, he, he was like some book writer, or like, uh, I don't know if it was like a book writer, or just like a, a public speaker who felt the same way he just fell in love with, it was like, this is the idealistic that I believe in as well, and just kind of fell down that, um, rabbit hole. They showed that he read a lot, he was very intelligent, he was able to use his knowledge to bend people to the, his will and have, so not only will he do horrific things, he can make almost anybody do something horrific just because of his how smooth. Some would call him a smooth killer. Like he was, he was just in a league on He's above his own. Like he was extremely intelligent. Saying we the civil system wanted him is because. They wanted that intelligence and that mindset to add into their system to make it stronger, make it better. And he's like, nah, <laughs> not gonna do that. Which is um which is respectable in a way. And then Yeah, he says he really... I don't know exactly what he says, but something like Yeah, I don't why would I even... join the masses if I'm, you know, better off on my own or something something like them with lines like why would I ever try to be somebody else and I can be myself and it's just like, it hits home because everybody in that world is trying to be what the civil system tells them to be instead of just being themselves. Because sometimes you're not, according to the civil system, you're not good enough. And he just doesn't believe that. Like, he believes no matter what he does, he's good enough. Yeah, he really believes in his ideals and he doesn't stray from that. And he comes, he obviously does horrific things, but... He comes from the perspective that the ends will justify the mean, means. So he's doing all this horrible stuff, like, as you already said, to expose the civil system. Um, I think he sets that booby trap, right? He, like, he captures someone and then he makes it in such a way that when the police come, they, they, they break a trip wire, right? And the person dies. Um... Sounds like something you would do. I don't remember if that's... Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but anyway, his he wants to... I hope I'm like not mixing <laughs> mixing it up with another anime, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that was Psychopaths, but he really wants to push people to their limits as he does with Akane and, you know, and... Well, he did put... Um, see, this is a few minutes. I do believe that he set up like a whole obstacle course for Akane's friend. It was like, if you can get out of this, I'll let you go. But made it basically impossible for her to ever escape without doing something yeah. that would, without breaking her before she ever leaves. Yeah. Yeah, he's a definitely a great character, and that's why I could 
I still haven't seen any more seasons of Psychopaths because he's just a hard act to follow. Because when you're watching, it's hard not to agree with what he's doing. Like even though it's it's it is wrong in all accounts, you understand why it has to be done. Yeah. And that's the and the worst part is is your your main character characters Akami and Kogumi both know that that he's doing the right thing. But they just know that it's not the right way to do it. And they kind of take up his mantle of break, bringing liberating the Japanese society after Kogami kills him. Because they do agree with him that this is wrong. And he helps show them that. And show, show mm-hmm. that, you know, things can be done. Because as he was doing these things, the world was shifting in a way that could have possibly been better for the long run. Yeah, so that's Shogo Makishima. Any more thoughts, or maybe we could talk about, um, yeah, any more thoughts? Not really. I'm just, I'm really cold. It's hard to focus. <laughs> I'm so cold. Oh, no. <laughs> just got, like, really cold. And it just, I don't know what happened. It's just super cold. Now. Um, because I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um,. Yeah, so anyways, next I saw you said um, you said you would tell me on the podcast because you said that Cell was your favorite antagonist from Dragon Ball Z. And not that I necessarily disagree, but I was just really curious why you picked him and you said you were going to tell me on the podcast. So here you go. Okay, well, growing up, everybody has seen Dragon Ball at some point in their life. Whether they start, they were started with the original Dragon Ball. Whether they started with Z, like I did, and then eventually went back as they were older and watched it. Whether they're starting out now and they're seeing Super because their dads are showing it to them and saying, "Hey, like Dragon Ball, or I'm gonna kill you." <laughs> uh, there's all. There's, everyone has their favorite arcs, their favorite moments, their favorite transformations, and for me, the Android arc and the Cell arc just still like I've rewatched. It's probably. The, the, the arc I've watched the most, and I know other people agree that it's probably the best arc. Because Cell was... He was a cocky character, but he was also a realist. Like, he knew when he was outmatched, and he would do whatever it took to get to, like, whether it be to absorb 18, or 17, or, like... So, like, when he first fought Piccolo, after Piccolo combined with um Yami and uh like he knew he was gonna lose like he ran away like he absorbed with people and he they were fighting and they were basically an even match but he knew eventually Piccolo was gonna beat him he ran away and I like I find that an interesting because most DBZ characters are just headstrong cocky like they just keep pushing forward until they die like it's there's no running away or giving up. He was, not only was he shown to be intelligent for what Dragon Ball series showed, uh, like his being able to have a mixture of everyone's abilities up to that point was just cool when I was a kid. Um, seeing the fear in his eyes when when uh, Grade Two Vegeta was about to kill him in his second form, and seeing that fear of oh my god, I'm gonna die before I ever get to my perfect form. What am I going to do? And has to sit there and just stroke Vegeta's ego just to get him to 
let him go absorb 18 to get his perfect oh, yes. form. I for- oh, yes, I forgot about that. He like, totally he knew he was going to lose, yes. and he just, like, strikes, says, oh, I don't know if even my perfect form could beat how powerful you are, like, but at least you can let me try, like, oh, no, let me, and then he gets his perfect form, he's like, yeah, I'm going to beat this guy's ass now, like, I, I tricked you, and then just go yeah. to slap him around, and yeah. I thought that was just a great scene, and then, of course, the way he pushes Gohan, and you get to see the great, tra- like, Super Saiyan 2 transformation, and just the what Gohan could have been. Like, he was just so badass in that moment. Like, every, like his cockiness that he had, the speed which he fought, the power, how much he just overwhelmed uh, Cell. And it, it being somebody not named Goku beating the shit out of the villain was nice. And even the Cell fight with yeah. Goku was just very... was a good fight. Like, everything in that arc was just good from the... The start of bringing in future trunks. Um, Vegeta going Super Saiyan, defeating the androids when while Goku is sick, and all like everything in that that arc just hit me as a kid, and I just very much enjoyed it. So it kind of it puts him being the center of that arc makes him my favorite antagonist from Dragon Ball Z. Not to mention the tail, just like as a kid, that thing used to give me nightmares of the freaking tail just freaking coming and sucking you up. That was one of the freakiest things, at least at least to me. Um, yeah, the Android Saga was also my favorite arc. I just, I really like androids and um, it was pretty complex too, as opposed to other arcs where it's just bad guy shows up, we need to beat him. I feel like the Android Saga and the Cell arc had a bunch of different components to it it starts off with trunks coming future trunks coming from the future and i don't know if you would necessarily consider this part of the android saga but one of my favorite parts in dragon ball z is when future trunks chops up frieza with the sword i thought that was really cool and then you have the androids come and you think that they are the main villains but then it turns out no it's these oh yeah because it's first they find two different androids but they're not the right androids and then they encounter 17 and 18 and then cell shows up and i think as you were saying it's nice to see someone who's not goku beat the villain for once i think is cell the only major villain who was not defeated by goku in the end because i think all the other ones were and i mean all the major ones like they they hinted that gohan was gonna beat boo but he then he doesn't and then they hinted yeah. at the fusion, and then fusion doesn't beat him, and then eventually it's just Goku and a spirit bomb. Like okay, um, even like it's super. It's it's yeah, it's a lot of Goku. So he's like the only one that like isn't Goku, and I think that that Super Saiyan two transformation is probably my favorite. Like I I liked the original design of the Super Saiyan transformation where they had that white line go across their eyes, which showed them going like a berserker mode. And then the hair would start to flicker, and the next thing you know, it shoots up. Like I always thought that was cool. So having that in the original treat, and like the way Goku originally transformed, it kind of mirrored when Gohan hit Super Saiyan two. It was like a mirror of that original transformation of anger. Um, but yeah, like you said, there's a lot of different components. Uh, Android joke, but true, true. Uh, with Good where one. you have different <laughs> character ideals, so you have. Vegeta thinking he's like this, the strongest in the universe now just because he beats Super Saiyan. And then realizing, oh, I'm not, after 18 just shatters his arm into three pieces. And then you have 
you know, the look of Trunks, where he's, he's kind of the type of person who just wants to obliterate any opponent in front of him. Doesn't want to give them a chance to charge up, get strong. He just wants to kill the enemy, doesn't care. He's not a fighter. He's just, like, he's fighting because he has to, not because he wants to, like Vegeta and Goku. He just, yeah. And then you have, later on, you have someone like Krillin and Gohan, where they're, like... Once they get talking with the androids and they realize that they are more human than machine and they have feelings and they're not just these things of evil that everyone keeps trying to say they are and that the only reason they're acting this way is because of the way that Jarrell programmed them, it becomes more of a, well, maybe we shouldn't kill these guys because, you know, Android teen's hot and I kind of want to bone her. That's Krillin's thing, but, you know, it's still, like, like, even with 16, like, how close Gohan got with 16 and so it, it gave you like all that and to see Cell just come in and tear that shit apart like take seven like ruin Piccolo's battle of 17 by absorbing him taking uh Krillin's fuck toy and then going and shattering the skull of 16 to push Gohan to Super Saiyan 2 which just all led to him being my favorite and in like if you wanted to be, like, he could, even now, he could technically be the strongest villain in all of Dragon Ball because he can just absorb the cells of any villain they've already faced and just become as strong as them. Like, he was so strong at the point where, like, he could, he said, he states that he could regenerate from a single cell in his body. So Gohan had to literally obliterate everything to kill him. Like, it took everything he had. Yeah. We need some, yeah, nerd joke, but we need some, like, dilute bleach, some UV light to finally get rid of him. Bleach? I didn't put bleach on here because I didn't think about it, but Sosuke Aizen is a great antagonist. They ruin his arc with just all of, if you watch it, like, if you just skip the filler, it's fine. But with all that filler, they make his arc just drag on. But Sosuke Aizen is another one who's just, like, he... Like, he's one of those, he's that character that's all, oh, you know, I, I planned everything out, but it's still, for some reason with him, it just works. Like, I don't know if you've, if you've, if you've watched all of Bleach, or if you... No, I haven't, but I've been meaning to, to do, um, a rewatch. It's just, like, it's so overwhelming, <laughs> there's so many episodes. Yeah, you can cut, like, 300 of them out by just cutting the filler. But like, I like, you know, I like, everybody hates filler, but I'm someone, like, if it's a good filler episode, I actually don't the mind it. The issue is, if most Bleach okay. filler is bad. Oh. <laughs> and it, this is, issue is Bleach. So, you have, you introduced the Aizen in the second arc of the series, when he turned mm-hmm. into a villain. And then you don't see him again for, like, 100 episodes. You have to go to the terrible Bound arc. And, like, other random filler. And then you get to introduce him more, and he's being more of a badass than Rico Mundo. And you start to see how powerful this guy is. And then you gotta fight the Iran car, which is, okay, it's his pawns, whatever. Makes sense. But then as they fight the Iran car, there's more filler in between it. When Ichigo fights Grimjow for the final time, in the middle of the fight, when they're about to clash, they cut to a 30-episode filler arc. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Like, before he goes to fight Aizen, it's, like, another filler arc. But before he, like, it's just, like, oh, my God. Like, this filler is just, it's so out of order. It's, like, filler. 
it's like filler stuff that happened in the past, even though things were on the present, and it was never talked about in the present. So why would you ever care about doing an arc about it in the past? It's just it's just it doesn't make any sense. And I'm one of those people that just hates filler. I I hate it. Yeah, I mean some some filler can be good though. Um, like in Dragon Ball, I think. I don't know. Is it cons- is the whole uh, Super Saiyan Man thing? Is that considered filler? That's, no, that's in the manga. Or is that's, that in the manga? That's I've in never the manga. read the Great manga, Saiyan so Man's in the manga. There's some of it is filler, like not all yeah. of it, but like they go in more detail. But a good portion of it is in the manga. Like he is a manga character. Um, I do like the I do like the episode where Goku tries to get his driver's license with Piccolo. I think that's a filler yeah, that's episode. Funny. That like, one was... like there's there's something like that where it's just a funny little one off, which yeah. is fine. Like, but when it's like filler arcs, I hate filler arcs. I hate the filler arc fairy tale. I hate filler just filler arcs where it's like sixty episodes of nothing that they never talk about again. It has no use to the story. There's barely any character development. Like, everyone would say, well, filler gives character development. No, it doesn't. Like, if I'm watching Naruto, and I go and see Hinata's team do a mission, but then they never talk about that mission ever again, how is that character development? Because their character doesn't even know that that happened. Like, they never bring it up, so it's just not... I hate filler arcs. Yeah. anyway, like... After my rant of terrible filler arcs, like Eisen's. Okay, one last one. thing on one last thing on filler arcs is: Have you noticed that every single shonen has at least one filler episode with a freaking baseball game? I don't know There's... if they're all filler. Like sometimes I think like the DBZ. Oh, one, it's in I the f- manga too. I don't know about Jujutsu Kaisen, but I know I don't. I think the Goku one is. Um... I think all anime. There was just... even there was even there was even one in Jujutsu Kaisen. There was a there was a baseball episode. I was like, oh my! I think I uh, I think I skipped that one. I was just like, I can't I can't. I don't know if it was filler, but I was. I, I, I can't. Was I mean, enjoyable. I'm not. It, yeah, maybe if you like baseball, I don't enjoy baseball, so I love. Baseball, I just so skip. I... I just skip right through those. The my issue with those is baseball is more of an American game, so it's like. How do these people just go up here and they're, they're perfect at pitching? They're perfect at hitting. It's just like, okay, wait. Like, have you guys ever played baseball? No, they're just good at everything. Okay, like, how do these people know how to pitch and hit and swing a base? Like, how do they. They don't explain. Like, it's not like. It's different if you're watching, say, like Toradora and you have uh, the one girl, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she's like a softball player. And then the one guy's a baseball player. And so if they were to play baseball, it makes sense. It's been introduced in the story. Now, the one filler that's in every anime ever, every JRPG video game, anything that is Japanese, there is always, always a hot spring episode. Without fail. Yeah, there is a lot of those. (laughs) Yep, yep. Can't say you're wrong about that. Hot Spring episodes yep. is just like any anime. There's going to be a Hot Spring episode. It's just like the fan. It's a fan service goldmine. They need to get those numbers up. Even Gurren Logan in the middle of a war, they go into a Hot Spring episode. I mean, it's... they even go to the beach. <laughs> and that's another one that's in every anime. And it's just like, uh, okay, like 
they're fun till you see it and everything, and then you're like, oh, okay, I do. I don't want to. I don't want to do this. But back to antagonist after <laughs> side rants. But so is it's another character who's very intelligent. Uh, he never really you never really learn about how how powerful he really is because he just kind of like lies to you constantly. So you keep thinking this is what his power is, and then it turns out it's something else, and then it turns out it's something else. You're like okay, dude, like. Like, what's your Shikai? What's what's your Bankai? Like, you just no one knows. You never really find out. He just uses the Hokioku, but he just you start seeing how he slowly affects the entire world. You know, he's the reason Ichigo's mom ever even met Ichigo's dad. He's the reason that you know he's like has the um, the hollow powers. He's the reason that he has the Quincy powers and. The full bring powers. He's the reason for everything that happens to Ichigo in his life. Every bad thing that's ever happened to him. Sosuke Aizen is behind it. And he says it's because he knew the potential. And he wanted to develop someone who thinks could defeat him in his Hokioku form. And so it's just all about developing somebody strong enough to fight him. Although I think that's just him pulling stuff out of his ass to try and sound cool. It was still fun and enjoyable. And he is like the sole reason why I think people love Bleach. Is, is probably... Sosuke Aizen being such a great villain. And then we have two that I want to talk about that are in the gray area for antagonist. And that is both Light from uh, Death Note, Death Note. Yeah. and Eren from Attack on Titan. Now we can't talk much about Eren because spoilers and people... You know, they don't like to read, so they haven't read the manga, so they don't know what happens. <sighs> hey, I, I haven't read the manga just because, okay, I enjoy reading mangas, but I prefer watching anime. So if there's an anime for it, I'd rather watch the anime than read a manga. But I'll, but if it's, um, if it's better in the manga, you know, like Tokyo Ghoul, or if the anime never finishes, then I'll pick up and start reading the manga, but... Yeah, I guess I'm one of those I'm one of those people who don't like to read. <laughs> yeah, so I can't go and everyone knows by now because of the episodes and you know they you hard to get away from it. It's all over the place. Everyone talks about Attack on Titan. The shift that Aaron makes going more towards the antagonist side. And I personally I think that like as the protagonist, like the character he was was an annoying whiny brat. Yeah, typical shonen protagonist. But when, when you see how he makes that flip and how everything that happened prior caused the flip and the way his mind works and why he does the things he does going on in the series makes it like such a good character in that antagonist moment. He makes him a, such a good antagonist and why he's he becomes like your favorite character and he becomes incredibly interesting. The show just goes from like being above average to like instant classic is because of that flip. That's all I'm going to say on that. And then with White, yeah. it's, he's technically your protagonist while also being your antagonist for most of the series. He's in that, like, great, he does a little bit of both. He's another one that kind of, like, he starts out in the right, he's trying to do something for the good of mankind, but he slowly mm -hmm. becomes this more of that evil antagonist, which it becomes more about being a god than it does about creating a world without crime. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting watching Death Note because at least for me, you don't know who you want to win because you really like Light and you really like L and you want them both to succeed, but obviously they both cannot succeed because they have just clashing ideas of justice and clashing ideas of right and wrong. And I don't know, so as you were saying, Light starts off with good intentions. He wants to make a world that is, in his mind, just and right and free of crime, yada, yada, yada. So for me, the moment I think when I started considering him more of an an antagonist than a protagonist is that moment where when he, I think it's when he kills, no, no, because he starts, he starts, starts, yeah, actually, I think that happened first. So he, he kills the detective and it's like, yeah, well, like, I, I don't know about like this guy anymore. He's starting to seem kind of evil. And I think the big tipping point, too, was when he kills all those police officers that are trying to catch him, but they're also just trying to do their job. And he just, from that point forward, he just starts well, killing he, anybody. he doesn't kill all, like, if you think about the time when they're invading the, um... When, yeah, yes, yes, that. When they're invading the noose, that was, uh, Misa that killed all of them. But it was because, yeah. But, but he allowed he it, like, he didn't exactly. stop her, he didn't. He he just laughed at it and was like, okay, well, at least I don't have to be the one to do it. So then you realize that it's not about whether a good person or a bad person dies. It's just about if anyone who's in his way dies. Exactly. Yeah, exa- exactly. Um, so, like, that's... But that's what made him such an interesting character for me. And, like, the reason why I did enjoy watching the show. Because, we like, I had a lot of issues with it. But Light was not one of them. His character development and the way he was just portrayed and how you see him develop this insanity and obsession over becoming like this god of a new world uh it really brings home like you can you can see why like you understand why somebody would think this way if you like if you had that book in your hand would you do something different than him and that's what i used i always tried to think about like if I had a death note would I do any different than he did and I don't think I would like it would it would be easy to say I'm gonna start killing you know anyone I think isn't worthy of being on this earth cutting the numbers down fixing the overpopulation issue oh damn okay (laughs) why watch out everybody I'm just kidding but but yeah, but he does yeah, but Light does have a point. I think they even say mention it at the end of the series that he actually, as bad as the things he did were, the world does end up being a better place. Like they basically I think they mentioned that there's no more war, crime rates are super low. So yeah, you, everyone's scared of doing anything bad because they know that that power exists now and they don't wanna like when you it's easy to do something when you don't think the sin is going to be punished. It's once you see the punishment happen that you're like, okay, I don't, like. So if you go to prison, and you get in a fight, and you get thrown in the hole for a month, and you're in a damp, dirty hole in the wall for a month. You're not gonna go out of that and then just start beating the shit out of people again because you don't want to go back into the hole. And it's the same thing with once you start seeing people die. You're not going to be like, okay, I'm the exception. It's going to be like, oh, anyone who does this is now going to die. I'm not going to risk it. So 
he puts the fear he basically puts the fear of God in the people, which is what's his goal all along. So in, in a way I mean L loses because he dies, but like in a way they both win. Like he gets caught, he dies, but he also changes the world. So he, he pays for all the lives he took, but he did do what he set out to do. He's he said, which by the end it's not even about creating a just world anymore for him. It's more about being corrupted by power. I mean you realize he's so there's one point he even considers killing his own sister which for me was like wow this because you you're always asking yourself too throughout the series with light you're like will he really go that far and then when you realize he's even willing to kill members of his own family it's like oh yikes yes he really will go that far what he was gonna kill his sister like he whatever it took to keep his his secret safe and to keep being able to be this god of this new world that he's created. Yeah, I think Light versus L is one of is one of the greatest, I think, match matchups in anime, dare I say. Just the battle the battle of wits and the mental game of chess is just so fun to watch and you never know who's ahead and you it keeps you guessing really until the end who's gonna win. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and there's a there is a reason why you know death note used to well i don't know what it is now but it was for a long time the most popular anime on my anime list i don't know if it is anymore but yeah i mean i think even people who don't know it's up about there. anime it's, yeah it's three or four i don't know exactly where it's at it's, yeah. it's top 10 still like nothing's ever gonna knock full metal alchemist brotherhood off it's pedestal at number one. Oh, never say never say never. It's nothing's ever gonna the the dead has such a loyal like unless until all of us like in our age range die that seen it, seen the original and seen Brotherhood and seen how much it's gotten better and how great it was, like then it might eventually drop off. But until we all die, it's never it's gonna be number one. Uh never finished Full Metal Alchemist. I've tried to watch it like three times and I've made it 20 episodes in and I don't know like why I can't finish it because it's not that I think it's not a good show. Like I'm watching it and I'm like this is a really good show. I can see why people love this and it's also the type of show that should be something I would really like because I like Shonen. I like um I like the whole alchemy thing but for whatever reason like I just can't get emotionally invested in it but I'm gonna try again, and I know you had um, a villain from yes, that I, show on our list. So I put Father from Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood because for me, I watched the original, and when their when their like father came in, uh, like it it didn't make much sense to me. It kind of seemed it came out of nowhere, but because I think when they did the like. They writ the, um, the, uh, what was, I talked about earlier with the, like, the anime ending, like, instead of, like, going off the manga. They probably saw the cliff note of Father and thought it was just their father. So I thought, coming back and watching Brotherhood and seeing Father the Homunculus and, like, the leader of all these homunculi and this 
very intelligent, dark, like brooding man who is just like has no remorse for anybody or anything. He just doesn't care. And they show flashbacks of him being more human-like and more giddy. And you can see how life has like been drained from him. And it just it that the whole outlook and the fit of him just fit a lot better. His fight with um, I just blinked. I I just had. How do I forget the main character's fucking name? It was just in my Edward. Uh, his fight with Edward was just fantastic. And I just, like, for he sold Brotherhood for me. And, it, like, before it was just kind of like, okay, like, this is... It looks better. There's better fight scenes. But, like, the story hasn't taken much. But when he gets introduced, it seems like it gets a much darker tone. And I very much... I think he's what kind of sold Brotherhood for me. Um... Like, he's trying to become, like, in his own way of being a god in the divine order. He wants to have, like, all the power, as every anime villain does. But it's, it's just, like, you can't say enough. It's the way he, he does it, without spoiling, is just, it's enjoyable to watch. And it just makes the show, for me personally, um... Thinking about it, like how much I can't remember, makes me want to rewatch the show. Cause my like, God, like I remember loving it. But like what, like what did I love so much about? It? It's like man, I haven't seen it in like three years. So I just don't. I've watched so much anime in that time. I just can't remember everything. <laughs> but I remember the initial feeling of God. This guy's a badass and he's scary and like enjoying when he was on the screen. Yeah. With yeah. my terrible memory, that's all I can remember at the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I forget a lot of stuff, too. Like, when I was watching that Psychopath, and Psychopath is one of my favorite shows, and when I was watching, like, some recap videos, I forgot that whole thing. I totally forgot about that girl, the artist, the one that makes the horror paintings. I forgot about the whole avatar. I, like, I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> the mem but it, it yeah it is what it is and i know you had some other characters from shows that i haven't seen that you wanted to talk about if i don't know if you wanted to mention those already well i can't put this out there and i know a lot of people can agree with me the worst and the absolute worst antagonist in all of anime is the writers for darling in the franks i know you haven't seen it but you had to see zero two and it was it, that show like captivated the world while it was running, and the first sixteen episodes were so good. Development of of Zero Two kind of just being like this monster that nobody wanted to be around because she was she was powerful, but killed anyone who ever partnered with her. To falling in love and you know being with what she called her darling, somebody who who saved her as a kid, and then came back and basically saved her as teenagers and they fell in love and seeing her go from this monster to this love, just a normal teenage girl while making friends with all the other 
Frank's Pilots. It was it was just a really good series until they decided to do the whole weird space thing and just fucked it up. And they 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 had like a ten out of ten, and then they just turned it into a shit show that's just like the they just fucked it all up. And I, they will always be the worst antagonist in all of anime. Wow. Another character that I liked, and it comes from like a show that you know a lot of people dislike and they probably the way he was done in the end wasn't the best but I personally loved Zeref from Fairy Tale. I even named my cat after him. Like that is just like how much I enjoyed the character. Like throughout the show you learn about the Dark Wizard. His name's brought up from the beginning. You constantly hear about this guy and the evil deeds he's done. But as the show goes on and you get introduced to him and you realize that he's he's you know he's related to Natsu and everything he did was because of the love of his brother and he's actually like a good person and that this curse that's been put upon him that's turned him into this emotionless husk is because of all the love he had for his family and his brother and how much he loves the world and how much he doesn't want to destroy everything he touches but he can't help like the more love he has the more he destroys and it's just a tragic story and I very much enjoyed that. So, like, when it comes, when you get to know him and he says all these evil things and he does all these evil things, like, you know he doesn't want to. It's not really, there's, like, two separate personalities for him at, after living for so long. It's, he's just such an interesting character that is just, like, around for the whole 600 and something episodes that is fairy tale or 300. I don't know exactly. Something around, like, something around those lines. I think it's 600, but I don't remember. Have you been watching the new sci-fi fairy tale that apparently is, is airing right now? I haven't seen if you can watch it one episode at a time. I know it's supposed to be on, on Netflix here in, in the West, so Netflix mm-hmm. always puts it all at one time. I will watch it when it comes out because of just nostalgic, but... <laughs> Um, Who's up next? You haven't seen any of the Fate series? I haven't, and I don't even know where to start. There's like, there's so many of them. Isn't this this is the show with like so many series, right? And you can people have different opinions on which um, order to watch them in. I mean, like for the most part, like just like. The only ones that really matter are the order you watch it in is really Fate, Zero, Fate, Stay Night, Unlimited, Blade Works, and that's really about it. Like, there's the original is Fate, Stay Night, but then it gets remade in the Unlimited, Blade Works, but then Fate, Zero is like a prequel to Unlimited, Blade Works, so when you watch Unlimited, Blade Works, they just figure that you watched Zero, so they don't kind of explain a lot, whereas Zero explains a lot of what's going on in the world. So, really, you just start at Zero, which is, like, the best one. You go on Unlimited Blade Works. If you want to watch the original, you can. It has, like, different uh, relationships and a different, like, ending. But Unlimited Blade Works is just the better version. So, just watch that. And then you can go on to Apocrypha. It has, like, nothing to do with that original. You have uh, Fate Extra, which is, like, they have characters from the original, but, like, they're not... Like, they, they don't, like, in Fate Extra, there's, like, a statue of Shiro, 
and that's it. And then there's like Rin, but she's not really like a, she's not like the same character. She's just kind of there. Like Rin's the only one in like every one because she's like best girl, and so she's just kind of like the the mascot of the Fate series. They try to like fit her in. But then you have like the uh, the magical girl one with Ilya, which is actually pretty good. Uh, that's a completely different series. Like you don't. The only one that really matters is watching Fate Zero before the Blade Works. Past that, you can just watch them. It doesn't really matter. But the issue is, if you watch those two, the other ones just aren't as good. So it's kind of like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I always get um, intimidated, like coming late into the game with shows that already have a bunch of seasons and a bunch of episodes. It's just like, oh my gosh, how am I ever gonna watch all this? Well, you have to watch Fate because it's good and nice. <laughs> I like talking about it. Since I can't talk too much because she didn't know about it, I put Kiriko well, Demine from Fate Zero and Gilgamesh from Fate Unlimited Blade Works because he, he was he was in Zero, but he was didn't do too much. He, he was more involved in Unlimited Blade Works, and they're both connected in a way. Um, Kyrie just being an assassin who is the like has no has no regard for life. Like he just doesn't care. Like he from the sh- the beginning of the series, you think, oh, he's just an assassin, just doing what he's hired to do. But he starts kind of having these. He's talk. He talks with Gilgamesh. Kind of ropes him into this. Well, you're so strong. Why don't you take more power? And he starts trying to become. He becomes like the leader of the church and he gains control over basically the, the uh, um. What do they call it? The uh, my terrible memory here again. Um, what do they call it? The fight for the cup that they do. I can't remember the, what they call it. The Holy Grail. The fight for the Holy Grail. Um, he gets control over like who is picked for that. So, like, as the show goes on, he's just, like, very interesting and, like, such a a good character. His fight with, um, Kuritsugu is probably the best in all of Fate. Like, I don't want to spoil anything for you if you ever said to watch it, so try and, like, keep stuff that he does it's, it's too much. Fine. I don't, I'll still watch it. I don't mind spoilers. Um, I mean, it's a really old show, so I feel like it's fair game. And then Gilgamesh is just such he's such an enigma. Like he's so cool. Like the the um the epic of Gilgamesh is just such an interesting thing. And seeing this like cocky, arrogant king of kings who believes that he is stronger than anybody and can really back it up and the only person who's really a match for him is Archer, which is Shiro because of his magical ability and how you see him develop and he wants to be alive again so he finds ways to stay alive. He finds he's so powerful that he's just able to survive for years even after the Holy Grail Wars uh Leeching off Kirei. 
his his fight with Shiro is probably like third favorite in the series. Um, he's in a lot of the Fate series, but the the Fate Stay Nights are when he's like the big bad. Like Fate Zero, he's in it, but he's really just um, he's just there as introduction, so that when he's in Unlimited Blade Works, he has more of a um, you understand why he's there. But the way that like there's a scene. Where he's fighting um, Hercules, who is the berserker for Elia and Unlimited Blade Works, who is this guy that everyone's having trouble with. Um, uh, Shiro's almost died to him. Uh, Saber having a hard is fighting him equal ground, but still having a hard time. And then Gilgamesh just comes in and beats the shit out of this guy. Like he just makes him look like a little bitch. He's like he's pulling all of his weapons out, and it's just such a cool. How he has like a weapon for every situation. The way he has chains. And he just absolutely obliterates him. It's just such a cool scene. You see the ruthlessness. And the way he talks about it is how like he's a king. Who values his people. But he values strength above all. And when he, he has like a meeting in Zero. He sits down with uh, Saber and Ryder. And Saber is King Arthur. And uh. Ryder is Alexander the Great. I believe it's Alexander the Great. Um, and he's talking about being the king of kings and how he wanted a meeting of kings and how he wants to understand if what they think power and what being a real king is. And he questions what Saber did why with uh, killing killing herself or himself and the Lord to you know save his kingdom and. If you were a powerful king, you'd be able to outcome, withstand anything. So you're not truly powerful, which means you're not truly a king because you gave up your kingdom. Whereas, and then with Alexander the Great, he died. Um, I believe he died in war. And so he wasn't strong enough to defeat an enemy kingdom. So he doesn't deserve his kingdom. If I remember, if I remember Gilgamesh's uh, story, I don't think Gilgamesh... I think Gilgamesh died of old age. I don't think he ever was defeated in anything. So it fits his his epic. Um, which is part of the reason why like I love those old hero stories. So it just fit part of one of the reasons I love fate. So much. Right. <laughs> which is want, why you uh, need to watch it. What yeah, yeah, totally. Well, next we can talk about um, a, a very popular character that I'm sure a lot of people really like, and that's Hisoka from Hunter Hunter. Now, Hunter gotta, Hunter has what? I think he's got to get our episode Hunter Hunter in there. Every episode, you got to mention something about Hunter Hunter. Oh, yeah, true, true. I mean, there's a lot of great things about Hunter Hunter, and there's a lot of great antagonists for sure. I mean, obviously, Miruim is a really complex character. Um, I'm, I really like Krolo as well, even characters like Kilo was a brother, but I think Hisoka is probably one of the more popular characters and he's probably one of my favorite characters from Hunter x Hunter 2. And what can I say? Every time, every time the guy is in a scene, I feel like he just steals the show. Um, 
he's really interesting too you know he's he's physically like intimidating um he's sort of this he's this chaotic i guess chaotic evil character that he just cares about being entertained and he doesn't really care about anything else um yeah he's just in the hunter exam just freaking killing people just because <laughs> i mean he joins the whole phantom troop just because he wants to fight their fight their leader i mean he's just a he's just a badass i love hisoka the thing about Soka too is he understands battle tactics and flaws and he knows that his his gummy power isn't the strongest thing. Bungee gum. Bungee gum is just kind of a stupid he's like this isn't the best thing. There's stronger nin abilities. But the way he uses it in unconventional ways and to surprise people uh even states that like if you're not if you don't have strong enough Nin to be able to sense that you can't even pick up where it's at. So you can't even see it being used. Same way he used it in the Hunter exam. He'd use it and people, well, you just think he's just doing crazy stuff and he's actually using the gum. And so it's just such an interesting ability that he uses in unconventional ways to an extent. He uses it the way you'd think to trap people. Um, I think he, he, how he kept his arm so he could be able to get sewed back on with the gum. Uh, but he used it to pick up the the uh, little piece of the stage that and used it to, like smash Gon with after Gon ripped it up and used it against him. Just different like that, making webs around himself like a spider so he can't get hurt. Other things like that. Um, I forget what he, oh, the way he uses it and my favorite scene, the dodgeball scene, to grab that ball and fling it back at him was just an interesting way. To just, he always finds different ways to use his inability. So even though it's not necessarily powerful on its own, the person using it is incredibly powerful. And his I like his character design, too. I mean, he's a freaking evil clown guy, you know, dressed Pedophile up as the and... Joker. Yeah, yeah. He... yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's really creep well diabolical too. His whole thing is that he doesn't want to kill Gon or Kilawa yet because he wants to kill them when they're at their strongest. I think he compares them to fruit or something. Saying yeah, he wants them to ripen up, and which is extremely creepy. But he has yeah. Hisoka has his moments too. He he's def from the beginning. He's clearly an antagonist. But then as you grow to like him throughout the series, he has his moments where you're actually rooting for him and you actually, you want him to stick around and be in the show. Yeah, like he's, like you made the whole chaotic evil. So like if you wanted to put like a D&D &D thing, I'd almost call him a chaotic neutral because he's not necessarily evil, but he's not good. It's just whatever benefits him in the moment is what he's going to do. Yeah, but it's going to be chaotic. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. crazy. It's going to be wild. And that's why he just captures everyone's attention when he's on screen. He's His his sinister nature, yet willingness to help. He helps crap out because it benefits himself. He helps Gon and Killua because mm -hmm. he wants to see other developing. He thinks it could be fun. He, and just the fact that there's no one that he won't he, mess also, with. I mean... He's not... That's what he's like. 
he has, I don't say it's respect or if it's, like, he won't fight Crollo if he can't use Nin because not, what's the point? Like, so he's yeah. not just trying to kill people because of the fun of it. It's, there's a reason behind everything he does. And if the reason, if the reason disappears, then he, uh, he just doesn't care at that point. Okay, whatever. Like, my reason for this is gone. I'm not going to just kill this guy just because. Like, it's not about just doing evil things. There's, there's always an ulterior motive to everything he does. Yeah, but he just, but at the same time, he also doesn't care about killing anyone who's in his way or just for no reason. He feels absolutely no remorse. And yeah, there's, there's nobody that he won't mess with. I mean, he walks into the, strolls in pretending to be a member of the Phantom Troop, which is the most notorious gang of criminals. And he just, he just doesn't care. <laughs> well, he even states that he feels like he could defeat every member of the Phantom Troop if they all were to come at him at once, except for Crowlo. It's like, okay, I don't, I'm not scared to do this because I can kill all of you. The only person mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to kill right away is Crowlo. And that's why he wants mm -hmm. to fight him so badly. That's just like, and it's, and it's fucking Hisoka, and everyone loves Hisoka. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say about Hisoka. He's just he's fucking Hisoka, and that's that's why he's great. It's because he's fucking Hisoka. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I had another character that I wanted to mention. I think you haven't seen the promised. Neverland, um, but I'm just going to be talking about The Promised Neverland Season 1. I'm going to pretend that Season 2 never happened, but coming just from Season 1, I think Isabella um, is a really great antagonist. Um, so she's the mama, for those of you who are not super familiar with the show, she's the mama, I guess, of the orphanage. She takes care of all the children. And She's just a different type of antagonist because she's not, like, physically, she's not physically intimidating. Like, she doesn't look scary. She's, I think she's supposed to be, like, a late 20s, early 30s woman. And, you know, she's holding these kids captive. And there's just something so, sinis so sinister about her, just in her demeanor, the way she puts on a fake smile, how, you know, she really knows the truth about what the kids fates are going to be and she just hides it from them and yeah i think she's just really unique i don't know what else i don't know what else to say about her but she's definitely you know every time you i don't know she's just a great antagonist every time she's on the screen you get like chills you know it's kind of sort of a death note thing too, where she's playing this mental game of chess with the kids and she's always one step ahead of them because she was in their position once. So she knows how they think and she knows how to outmaneuver them. And she's always one step ahead. Um, so yeah, great character. <laughs> I will take your word for it. I just, I don't know if I would watch it because I can't, I couldn't get past the whole kids thing. And I just, I don't know if we'll say it's good, but I just, I don't know. I, there's something about kids being main characters that always makes it hard for me. Same reason I, I just never watched um, 
bunch of everyone loves Stranger Things. I just I saw kids and I was like, I don't care about kids. I, <laughs> I don't want to. I, I did want to highlight an underrated anime and, and a character in it that I thought was an interesting character. Um, and that's Chivalrous, uh, Chivalry of a Failed Knight, which I know a lot of people enjoy it when they watch it. It's only 12 episodes. It's a short, you know, high school uh, series. But, like, I very much, I thought the concept was really cool. I very much enjoyed it. And in this um, series, you have... Um, your main character, uh, Kurogane, he's from, he's from the Kurogane family, his name is Iki, uh, and this, in this world, there's, like, different knights, okay, so they have, like, your, you know, mage knight, like, people who protect the world, and there's obviously a school for becoming a knight, and his family is, like, legendary in this, you know, they have great magical power, and they go into the school, and he, and he was born with no magical power, but because of his family's, you know, name, he wants to, still wants to be a knight. And his father constantly pushes him away from it, which is uh, Isuki. I think he's such an interesting protagonist in a way, because his care for his son is, it's not that he hates his son because his son is powerless. He hates his son because his son keeps pushing to be a knight when he could he could do anything else. Like, just being a knight isn't the only thing in the world. He could run their business. He's smart. Like, he's not... Why go be something where you're only going to be mediocre because you're starting negative 100 instead of doing something that you're, you know, on a level playing field? And then this show, Iki develops an ability to basically heat up his blood to, like, give him a boost of power that lasts, like, three seconds. Eventually, he gets up to, like, a minute. But he just becomes, like, incredibly strong and one-shots everybody. But, like, you can't use that. And, like, if you were in a war, like, you can't just... Like, he's so taxed and tired after using it that... Sure, he could one-shot anybody. And he's a great swordsman. But he's gonna get beat by anybody with magical power just because... They have magical power. Once he uses that ability on one person, he's done. And his father sees this... And he does everything he can in the show to stop him from becoming a knight. And he's he he abuses him. He locks him away. He makes him like fight in a tournament. No food, no water, barely surviving. Like tortures the kid to try and get him to quit. And I just thought it was such an interesting because it's he's a villain and he's doing terrible things to his son, but he's doing it for the right reasons. Just do it the wrong way. So I thought it was a very interesting character dynamic. The only thing that Iki did well is that he made like a princess fall in love with him. So when they get married, when they get engaged, like the king just, just looks at him and says, looks at his father and says, shut the fuck up, let the kid do what he wants. Like he's my son now. Fuck you, I don't care. But I thought he was a very good villain for that series and it made it a lot better because of the dynamic that he had. And then one more that, that, that she hasn't seen or had finished or doesn't remember. And... I don't. I can't. I don't know. I you we brought up this show several times, and I'm just like I don't remember that. But it's also because, I mean, to be yeah, I'm not 
a super big fan out of the of this show. I think it was six out of ten for me or something like that. But everybody's yeah. favorite icy waifu as death from Akame Gakyo. She is easily probably the best character in the show for me. I thought she was most interesting. Her killer instinct and ability to, and her love for battle, but still having this desire for love and just like a loving embrace and a caring person, but they have to be strong. They have to have like, she has such high ideals for somebody. And then when she meets Tatsumi and becomes obsessed with him, it's just so funny to see her obsession and how she, she goes from this all-powerful demon of a character who is just, everyone is scared of, and everybody is, like, if you're on her side, they look up to her, and if you're against her, they're terrified to fight her. Like, nobody wants to fight her. Everyone knows that they're going to lose. She's the most powerful character in the show. But she also has, like, just this innate ability to kill people. And so it's 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 weird to see like that sadistical character also have like that loving side. So you start to like feel for her and, and there's times when you're watching the show that you almost feel bad for her because of the way she tries to do everything she can for Tatsumi to get him to love her and accept her and like she does offers him the entire world and they get constantly get thrown in her face and him using her and she's just like she doesn't and she just makes her fall in love with him more because of his ability to to not be scared of her and to abuse her in such a way, it just has she has that weird like, um, connection. It's like it's just like a weird relationship with him, and so it's easy to like. It's easy to like her. Her ice powers are badass. It's cool to watch her fight. Um, she's she does care about her subordinates, whether she believes it or not. Whenever somebody dies, she's very. She leaves roses for him. She has, even though she is this dark demon, she has very humanistic, loving side to her. That makes it really easy to enjoy her character. Not to mention, she's just like a good character design and enjoyable to look at. I know anyone who has, has seen this show normally as as a male enjoys as death i don't know about the female point of view i can't even remember her so <laughs> <laughs> which is concerning since she's like what she's one of the main villains i remember akame i remember the main guy with the brown hair <laughs> yeah well I don't remember anything about Yu Yu show, so there. Suck it. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. I, I don't mean... remember. I don't remember a lot of things, but that's if I if I haven't watched it in the past year, I I forgot eighty percent of it. It's just, and there's just so much anime to watch. It, it just for me, it doesn't make sense to rewatch something because there's something new out there that I could watch. So I I rarely ever rewatch something unless I watch it with somebody. Unless I'm abusing, I mean, uh, like a friend or a family member, like, hey, you gotta watch this, and it's my yeah. excuse to watch something. I don't know. I really enjoy watching stuff, especially if it's been a while and I'm, I can't, I don't remember stuff well. I think, I think I've mentioned before, you Hakusho is 
sort of my comfort show. Like, you know, I could just put on an episode whenever and watch it and enjoy it. Um, I've seen, I know this isn't technically anime, but I've seen Avatar The Last Airbender at least six times, probably. I rewatched it at it least once, once a year. And I'll never watch it again. I think Why? Avatar is so overrated. I just. Oh, gosh, no! Oh, my gosh. It's it's Ouch. good, but it's it's just it's not that good, guys. It's just oh not... my god, come on! It's a I think it's a masterpiece. I think it's if it was technically considered an anime, it would probably be my favorite anime or at least one of them. But yeah, I watch I rewatch it at least once every year, every two years. It's just I just feel like it's. I mean, what didn't you like? I mean, gosh, here we go on like a side rant, but I mean, what didn't? I mean, obviously, I respect you know your opinion but i'm just what didn't you like about it it just never never clicked for me like to me it like when people think anime is a kid show like i look after as a kid show like when i watch it i see stuff that's meant for kids and there's stuff there that you wouldn't know about unless you're an adult they make little jokes with the crude humor they kind of hint towards it and yes it's funny i do enjoy the show but i didn't like love it like it never hooked me as a kid even as an adult it was just kind of like i thought ang was annoying i thought his obsession with katara was annoying i thought she was just kind of a bitch like the only person i really liked in the show was her brother because he was just like throwing his boomerang and just picking up every hot girl on the show and then just throwing him off to the side like it just never really clicked for me. Like, the story just never clicked. I just never never could get into it. Even though I enjoyed watching it, I just didn't necessarily yeah. like it. Like I didn't watch it for the story. I just thought bending was cool, and so I watched it. I mean, I agree the story. I mean, oh gosh, we're really going on a side rant here. I think Zuko has one of the best, maybe the best, redemption arcs I've ever seen. It was just perfect, and I will give you that one thing. If I had to take, if I had to change something about the show, I could have done without the. I just didn't like the humor in the show. It was a little too childish at times, and I just didn't like think it was that funny. So yeah, I will. I will give you that. But yeah, I love. I love Avatar. So. <laughs> oh yeah, like. One thing that like is this this is so stupid and it it makes no sense why it it just made me have an, a a more hatred towards it is hatred whoa um, <laughs> there was a thing that death battles did where they did a death battle between Gara and Toph and Toph Wait, wins did you, you said gone you mean Aang. no no I said Gara from Naruto and Toph oh. And this oh, death yeah, battle. I've actually I've seen that. But like, and there Gon is wins. no way Toph beats Gar. There's just absolutely no way. But I don't think she wins. She wins. Though, in that she video. wins in that battle. Oh, she does. And there's oh. Toph beats you... Gara. Like no way that Toph like no way. And it pissed me off so much. It's just like I don't remember why, what they said, why she wins. It's just like. But that's not the show's fault. That's the YouTube. I know, but like because that they think that that character from that show would win, it's just like mm, fucking what? It just doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. I mean, I just think that 
know, I think it's a really good show and it has a lot of really good life lessons for adults and for kids, but you know, we can agree to that's, disagree. That's also one kind of those that on. happens. I have that a lot. If someone people really like things, I have a hard time. It's just like my my instant like I don't. I don't know what you'd call it. It's not like an aversion. It's not an aversion. It's just like Breaking Bad. Like for years, growing growing up in high school, everyone talked about Breaking Bad. I tried to watch. I hated it. I just couldn't stand it. And I think it's because everyone talked about it. So I, 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 don't, I hate this now. I don't care. I don't oh, hear I, about it. I dropped it after like two I dropped seasons. it after the second I season. I didn't like it. I just it. got I just bored. Didn't, I thought it was very boring. And it's kind of how, how I, I think it's where I'm at with like Avatars. I hear about it all the time. I go on every year or something. Gotta rewatch Avatar. I'm like, fuck you. I just, there's so much better stuff to watch out there. Why are you watching this kid's show? It's just... It's yeah, but it it's for kids and for adults. Like I've introduced it to friends that have never seen it, and you know they're in their twenties and they they love it. And you know now we have um, what's the freaking second one called? Oh, The Legend of Korra. They were supposed to make a live action show on Netflix, but then the creators left, so I'm sure it's not gonna be good. But well, yeah. <laughs> You start in a live action movie that they did that was just so bad they didn't even say character names right. I mean, I look, I'm gonna make a bold I'm gonna make a bold assertion here that you're probably gonna disagree with. But I'm gonna say that I think if Avatar, the last and airbender, if it was listed on my anime list, I think it would either be the most popular or most top rated show on there. I don't think it would be Boom. Um, <laughs> I th- I think there's more people like me who just think it's a, especially the anime scene. They're like, oh, it's just a kid show. I don't want to watch it. Like, oh my god, it's not a kid. Okay, well, yeah, whatever. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll end it on that rant. Like, feel free to disagree with me. I could just be a <laughs> hater. You can call me a hater or whatever. Like, like you can nerd out at me and go, well, you know why this is. Ang as a child is being. I don't. I don't care. I. I don't want to hear your nerd comments. I. I just don't like it. Like, <laughs> I don't like it. I just. I don't think it's that good. Like I. I do it. Like I could sit down. If someone had it on, I could sit down and find enjoyment out of it. But the moment they start trying, trying to tell me how deep it is, I'm like, oh, shut up. Like, it's like when someone tries to explain how deep Evangelion is. Like, I've never seen it. I guarantee you, it's not that deep. I guarantee you, it's not that deep. It's just. Like I. I'm telling you right now. It's. Just, it, what you what you're thinking, you're just making shit up. You're just you're just saying, well, this is what the writer means. No, no, it doesn't. He's just writing stuff, and you're just taking it that way. Good for you. Like, I, ugh. rant over. Yeah, I'm all fired up now. Guys Anyways, sh- thank you for joining us. <laughs> we got slightly off topic there, but yeah, thanks for thanks for tuning in. Um, there's definitely a lot of great antagonists in anime that we could have discussed. There's just too many out there, obviously, to talk about in one episode. But yeah, I hope you guys had fun listening in and chit-chatting and whatnot. Next week, we'll finish this up with side characters, which for what I considered protagonist antagonists would be main protagonist, main antagonist. But when it comes to side characters, it's going to be that brain area where... Whether it be a side villain who's only in it every once in a while, or you know, 
like a you know just you know side character who's really only there for you know to boost up the main character but is a great character nonetheless so i'll see you next week guys and uh have a great day